Creator of the world, we praise you because each day you draw us closer to you. May we always agree with the general and united heart that connects us in a single desire and purpose in which we ask through our connection to become able to feel your presence and delight you. And that in every friend in the world, in every smile, every look, and every gesture of the friends, that we will discover your huge and complete greatness that is revealed before us. Yes, this is truly our profession that upon these arguments that uh, the Creator creates these uh, conflicts, uh, all the, he prepares all the obstacles for us, the arguments and uh, disturbances of all kinds, we learn how to go above them. So that specifically by that, we rise on the ladder and reach the end of correction. So that what the Creator did is He prepared to us, for us, in the shattering of our general vessel, all of these obstacles, that above them we have to climb and climb and climb, and in that way to reach adhesion with Him. So, let's see how it is done. But, first of all, we need to know that we accept all these obstacles along the way, no matter what uh, kind of form and in which manner they come to me, I accept them. I try to see that they come in order for me to overcome them. Not alone, but always towards greater adhesion with the Creator, above the arguments, above all the obstacles, and in adhesion with uh, the group, with the Creator. This is how we go from step to step, from degree to degree, more and more and more. So, please. Except number 11 by the Rabash. You s- we see that there is no answer to the question of the wicked one other than blunt his teeth. The question was a, a simple one for everyone. What is that work that you do? Meaning, what do we have to work against the will to receive, against the ego, against the feeling of separation and year for connection and press ourselves, each one pressing himself in order not to uh, hear what we're thinking, but to go against it. Why do we have to do that work? So, the question of the wicked one that he asked, one who condemns the path, who does not agree with the path. So, 
His question is, what is this work? What do we need it for? The obstacles uh, along the path, why did the Creator place them before me? Let him take them back. So, the answer to this is, don't run away and don't do anything, but only one thing. Blunt his teeth meaning that you have to go against him, actually, to, to the opposite. You have before you, they, they place before you obstacles, so go through them, as if you, you will understand and, and, and realize that they are to your benefit, that these are actually signs from the shattering of your vessel, of your soul, and you have to overcome them and keep going. So, we see that there is no answer to the question of the wicked one other than blunt his teeth. So, please. Which is, as our sages said, and you shall memorize them so that the words of Torah will be sharp within your mouth. So that if someone were to ask you something, do not hesitate before you speak, but tell him right away. And what can one tell him about this what? The other what, meaning what does the Lord your God requires of you only to fear me? In other words, we must know that the first what the Lord God, the Lord your God asked and not you, meaning that the Creator brought this what into your mind since there is no other force in the world. As it is written, there is none else besides Him. All the, the obstacles also come only from the Creator. As in general, everything comes only from Him. And clearly the Creator will not create a creation that is against Him. He, which is not for the attainment of the goal. Rather, He created the thought, this thought so as to fear Him which is the acceptance of the burden of the kingdom of heaven above reason. For through the wicked one's question, he must take upon himself a new acceptance of the burden of the kingdom of heaven called fear. Which time in you? Meaning, if I, over each and every obstacle, I want to scrutinize that this comes from the Creator, I accept a priori that this comes from the Creator, because there is none else besides Him, and I want to continue, even though I have this obstacle, and I'm seemingly confused, and I can't know how to go forward, but I continue in a simple way. I receive this from the Creator, and I have to continue on the path. Right? Continue on the path even though I see an obstacle before me. To practically blunt his teeth. 
If I'm already on the path studying Kabbalah and wanting to advance, then I uh, accept what these Kabbalists, Barasulam and Rabash, recommend for me to do. Meaning, if I have some obstacle before me, doesn't matter uh, which one and um, how and with uh, which uh, power. I accept that this uh, came from the Creator, and so I have to continue. With uh, the group, with the teacher, with the study, towards the same goal of adhesion, that is all. And it doesn't so, it's not so important for me what is the obstacle itself by, uh, Studying the obstacle and poking in, in it, I won't really know the answer, and, and it doesn't give me anything. I just need to know that the obstacle exists before me in order for me to rise above it, above reason. What does it mean, above reason, that I see in the obstacle that I need to go a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left, or I have to stop, or... I have to work with all kinds of uh, wise uh, ideas. But here, no. This is why it says, blunt its teeth, strike it in, in, in its teeth. What does it mean to strike its teeth? That I don't listen to what uh, it says. The obstacle, the disturbance, ultimately it's the evil inclination, my ego. But rather, I go forward towards greater adhesion with the friends, greater adhesion with the Creator and towards the same goal. This is uh, considered to blunt its teeth. That's it. And this actually is the action. Why is it called above reason? Because according to what the obstacle brings me, it brings me reason. And it says, it's good for you to stop, to go to some other direction, maybe this way, maybe that way. These are ordinary things that uh, come to everyone. And we need specifically to advance through them. This is what Rabash explains to us. Rav, you said that I'm going for, uh, towards greater adhesion, but while I'm doing it, the heart is dead, it's not there. You need to focus and uh, sharpen, hone your direction so that your heart will also be like that. It doesn't happen immediately but it is done over time. So that specifically all of these disturbances, these questions, they come in order for you to strike these questions a few times in the, in the teeth, meaning continue onward in spite of what they say. And then you will see how by that you are going forward and succeeding. You have no other way. There is no other way. We have to build in such a way our attitude towards the will to receive, that we want to make a restriction over it and have a screen and reflected light and rise upon it. This is called above reason, that the will to receive comes, that some uh, pleasure comes or some obstacle 
And we rise above it. This is called to go above reason. It turns out that what I do is the action that has to be done. But you're saying the desire will join later, that inner feeling. You need to reach by this an inner feeling that you are performing the right action, that you're going against the will to receive. You break its teeth. And by that, you are advancing towards the goal. That's it. So the feeling of this, this is advancing against the will to receive. Of course, a wicked one appears before you and it tells you in all kinds of different uh, forms that you need to change your, your way, your path, so you have to strike it in the teeth. That's it. And advance in that way. That is, on the one hand, you have to realize that it comes from the Creator, and uh, you have to advance, and the advancement is specifically against it. To blunt his teeth means to go above reason? Yes. What does it mean in practice? What do you do? What do you mean to blunt his teeth? that I disagree with what it tells me, but rather I see it as a correct obstruction from the Creator that I need to rise above it. What is this force that a person has to resist it and to blunt it? Where do you get these these powers, these forces? The group and the Creator, but ultimately make it so a few times that you seemingly want it and you, and you want to do so and you'll see how you begin to get forces. You get forces. What determines a person's ability to ascribe all the barriers to the Creator, the obstacles to the Creator? That he pays attention to it. That he doesn't go with uh, his ordinary thoughts and desires, but rather he wants to build here a parallel system that whatever awakens in me is not me, but rather the Creator is doing it to me. And the thought that I now have within me are not my thoughts. It's what the Creator awakens in me because there is none else besides Him in the mind and also in the heart. And I don't want to go along with that. I want to go above that because the Creator is bringing, bringing me obstacles. And here I truly have to go in um, breaking His teeth, meaning doing the opposite of what the will to receive awakens in me. And this is how I rise by this, actually, to the next degree. What do we need to do in order to build a parallel system that will create for you the the ability not to fall into what's happening in the desire, but 
to specifically follow the fact that everything comes from the Creator. But even in our own lives, we have many such states where I have some desire, but I have to go against this desire. Let's say you are on a diet or... uh, You have some thought that uh, disturbs you and you need to overcome it because otherwise you won't achieve your goal. Otherwise, you simply follow as it is written, uh, do not follow your, your eyes. We must not follow the heart. We have to rise above it. So what obligates for me is the goal? Of course. Of course. You said it nicely. Okay, but what to do if I'm unable to hold on to the, the importance of the goal is, is greatly before me. But then the Creator sends you more and more, again and again, such obstructions which pull you away from the path in all kinds of different directions. By that, He gives you an opportunity to resist them, to overcome them, to strike them in the teeth, as we call it. And uh, this is how you begin to see in that the work of the Lord, that He is working with you. Uh, after all, from all the disturbances the Creator is sending, He is sending it in order to disconnect you? To give you an opportunity each time to rise above your will to receive. He is seemingly your trainer. And this is how you advance. Take him as your trainer and take life as uh, the playing field that you need to practice on and uh, win over these obstacles. And the obstacles that you have before you, that is your evil inclination, which you simply have to move aside from the path so that it won't obstruct you from taking another step forward. Last question. So, what is exactly the training that you have to take against those exercises the Creator is sending? To constantly advance towards connection with the friends, with the inclination towards the Creator, towards the good who does good in order to, towards in order to bestow. That's it. Can I ask? Yes. In the preparation for the lesson, we read that a person cannot break himself out of prison. From He needs to get help from his friends and not to go to war uh, on his own. But here... It seems as if this is the work of a person that he beats the wicked one with his thoughts when he attacks him with a question. It's written for the person, blunt its teeth. Yes. Where does a person have the power to over, overcome his wicked that gives him these thoughts? Not when the 
the questions come to a person, what is this work? But rather, maybe who is the creator? Where does he get the power to overcome that? He scrutinizes uh, bit by bit that he is uh, facing these uh, obstacles that uh, appear to him on the path, appear before him, and that he has to break these obstacles. Each and everything that comes before him, it's an obstacle. He doesn't want to get up, he doesn't want to do this, he doesn't want that or that or that. Each and every time these are obstacles, many obstacles, and he has to know how to advance so that all of the things that are before him, it is the Creator who is doing it to him. He is uh, giving him exercises like a, a good trainer who makes sure that the person uh, will rise in his uh, forces, in his mind and emotion so that he will understand more and feel more later on how much all of these things are arranged specifically in order to develop him and bring him to the degree of Adam HaRishon, to the end of correction. And that this whole path, this is how it has to be. It's through the obstacles. And then the person starts to respect them and to understand that they are coming from the Creator, all of these obstacles. They come from the Creator. And this is how he works, and it is daily work, each and every moment. And so if a person accepts it this way, then he sees that actually the whole world, it's not the way that people think, but the whole world was built out of obstacles that exist before each and every one who wants to reach the correction and the purpose of creation. From such incidents, this world is actually composed as a result of the shattering of Adam. Adam Harishon. The ten and the friends in this. They are also next to the person. They are also facing those same states, the same obstacles, where similar ones. And this is how everyone is working. And later on, they can also unite their efforts. For the time being, they are uh, doing this uh, work of overcoming the obstacles individually. They don't yet feel a connection with each other. Just like little children, they don't know how to play with each other. Each one of them plays individually. But later on, the next stage occurs. Let's say on the age of two, three, four, they're already they need a society. What does it mean? That they already have in them a social development. Where does that come from? On the same vessel of Adam HaRishon. That we begin to feel that we have some connection between us and that each one should learn from the other to be connected with the other and so on. This is how we develop and also in spirituality. In the beginning, now, let's say, the person doesn't feel a need for the others, but later on he does.
Blunt his teeth. As our sages said, you should memorize it so that the words of Torah will be sharp within your mouth. So if someone will, were to ask you something, do not hesitate before you speak, but tell him right away. So, that you should be prepared in advance. You need to be prepared in advance, if possible, through your preparation with the friends in the group, so that you will feel that you have a foundation and you're immediately answering all of the obstacles that come your way and you continue on the path. How does it suddenly get inverted for the wicked one who asks that? You take away from him all of the sharpness uh, by your question. Uh, you understand? So that if you break the first obstacle, which the, the Creator demands of you to continue on the path, so what's the second obstacle? that you have to establish the fear of the Creator. This is already work in the second stage, that you need to build within you a system and advance in this way. Does that depend on the who that I'm holding to? No, that's the first question. But the second question is what? What does the Creator demand from you? Precisely. And that is fear. Ask about the second what. You're not listening to what I'm telling you. First of all, we need to break his teeth so that we're not going after, as it says, do not follow your heart or do not follow your, your eyes. That everything comes from the Creator. That's it. That's one thing. The second thing is that all of these things, the Creator uh, does them to us in order for us to get to know that there is none else besides Him and after that to see Him. Meaning to agree with Him and to follow Him. To continue. Not to just uh, strike the obstruction by the teeth, but beyond that, following that, to go along with the Creator in bestow. How to, to, to arrange together in our lives the fact that there's no one besides Him to such an extent that we go with Him in agreement above all the disturbances. This actually is the essence of our action, that we have to connect between us and see before us a common disturbance, a uniform one, and we have to connect opposite it, like in a battlefield, like a, a commander unit that wants to attack the enemy, 
And this is how we do it. Now, each one, of course, sees it in a way that is a little bit different, but all in all, we understand the obstacle, and we understand that it all comes, even though it comes personally to each one of us, and still we're not able to share our internal impressions, our emotional impressions, but in the end, this action is similar in each one of us. And so we, together, in that, come closer and, and share with each other in that we want to reach the goal upon the disturbance that is revealed. And even though each one, nevertheless, does feel it in a personal way, Within that, we are performing a group Something stay focused. Again? Again, when you said a friend of a few friends to do some actions of dissemination, where clearly there, there will be numerous disturbances, infinite difficulties. Right. How do we hold these friends? How do we support them? We need to try and clarify for them the main thing. Why? What, what is the wisdom of Kabbalah for? Why do we need it? Nothing else besides that, if possible. This has to do with the, the forms of dissemination, with learning about dissemination. That's what I would do. Uh, let's say that I come to meet a, a new audience. What did I come with to explain to them what is the wisdom of Kabbalah? What I'm doing, there are many others, other forms of the wisdom of Kabbalah. I can talk about what I'm doing in my narrow sector. If you want to know about it, then I can explain it to you over a short period of time and relatively clearly. Let's do that if you're interested. That's it. I already restrict them to some something and not to, to um, get lost in different areas, at least to know that. Yes, but we send a friend or a few friends to an action, an act of dissemination, but they can't always talk about Kabbalah. Maybe they can talk about unity or connection, but, but they can't. But we know that these friends are coping with something which is not simple. How do we hold them, the friends, not the audience, so that the friends will be able to overcome all the difficulties and the problems that they are facing? For our instructors not to fail? Yes. If they will come to present only one aspect, one narrow facet, then I think the, the chance of failure is, is extremely low. I'm coming only with that. Only that. This is what they have to do. But I'm asking about us. When we send them to do such an action, what do we have to do? How can we relate to or turn the obstacles to yearnings towards connection? Well, I know that these disturbances come from the Creator. He is sending it because there is none else besides Him. And He is sending it so I will advance towards the purpose of creation. 
So I'm happy about these disturbances. I'm actually say, saying, come, come. I know what I have to do with you. I'll overcome you. I, I actually consume them, as we say. And then I have material with which to advance. How can we grow specifically above the disturbances in spirituality, also in corporeality, but we're not aware of it. We grow up, we can grow up only above the disturbances by by seizing them, ascribing them to the Creator, rising above them, meaning consuming them, and then advancing. That's how we, that's how we move forward. And then the initial point from, of departure, the point in the heart, it grows and grows above these disturbances more and more, and it rises above them. And then those disturbances eventually become actual degrees that I can Excerpt number 12. Plant its teeth. This means that we must not argue with it, but rather plant its teeth. Meaning, we have to overcome it by force. That is, when it comes with its questions, and we must remember that it comes with these questions precisely when one wants to work in order to bestow. Then there is room to ask, why? But when a person works in order to receive reward, this wicked one has nothing to ask. We must not reply or contemplate what to answer it. Instead, one must know that it is a waste of time to want to find answers to his questions. Rather, when it comes and asks, the person should immediately treat it with force. And, over, and overcome it with force, and not by arguments. And since each time, even once a person has overcome it, it is still not by impressed by that, and each time a person wants to do something for the sake of the Creator, it immediately comes with its questions. Therefore, there are numerous blunt its teeth here. What is this force that he's talking about here? To overcome it with force and to treat it with force. What is the force? It's when a person has a small desire for attaining the goal. All the rest he receives from the Creator through the ten. He will try to connect with the friends and he will get much more uh, power from it. That's it. Good morning, Rav. 
Что такое Creator, the group, and each time he places an obstacle before a person. He doesn't want to work in order to bestow. He doesn't want to go with his eyes shut. He doesn't want to diminish his ego. He doesn't want to overcome obstacles. That's why a person has to be in uh, constantly increasing the connection with the group. And he has to continue forcefully towards the goal. Each time he has to increase the importance of the goal, or the goal is attained in the connection with the group, the connection with everyone, the connection with the Creator. And there he reaches adhesion with the Creator. Okay. If there are no more... Okay, Zichon to Shalom Rav. Shalom Rav. Hello, uh, World Kli. There is a state here where seemingly we should not scrutinize, but rather uh, simply to go forward with force. What does it mean not to do this scrutiny and just to continue forcefully? If I have a certain obstacle, a rejection from something, let's say there's a gathering of friends and I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to attend. I'm tired. I, I don't feel like it. I, I'm thinking how I can um, escape it because, I mean, run away from it because I don't want to be with the friends. So what am I doing? Here I have to go. I have to force myself. I, I, I'm going, I'm connecting with them. I nevertheless awaken them with my overcoming so they, they would get additional power to overcome and to gather because each one is full of doubts. It can be that someone will advance without any struggles, doubts, without uh, seemingly being tired. It, it comes to everyone. So no matter what I feel, force myself to perform these actions of connection. Yeah. And the more we advance, we'll be in those same struggles, but greater. I personally saw it with Rabash. I was next to him by myself. In Tiberias, all kinds of places. Where only, it was only us. A person simply can't he couldn't get up, he couldn't do anything, couldn't move his hand from one place to another. That's uh, uh, the extent to which he would reach zero power and doesn't know how to keep going. But gradually, slowly, he comes out of the state until he rises again as a lion and he's, he's doing it. But this is great inner work. And it's not through arguments, but only 
through simple overcoming. But I have to do it without any scrutinies. Uh, against the ego, there's no point in making all the scrutinies. Our ego is, in truth, it's it's right, but we go above the ego, above reason, on a different level. In your place, you're right, but I go above it. I want to enter the upper world. I don't want to stay where I am, what I am. Again, excerpt 13. A person cannot argue with the words of their spies with his reason or wait until he has what to reply to them and in the meantime be under their governance. Rather, he must know that he will never be able to answer their questions with the external mind. But specifically when he is rewarded with the inner mind, then he will have the words to explain to them. In time, he must go above his mind. Meaning say that although the intellect is very important, the importance of faith is still higher than the intellect. Therefore, he must not go according to the intellect, but according to the path of faith. To believe what our sages told us, that a man must take upon himself the burden of the kingdom of heaven is faith above reason. At that time, there is no place for the argument of the spies because they speak only within the reason of the external mind. Yes. What is this inner mind that appears in a person? It's uh, following the questions we have in life. The more we grow corporeally, we have to explain and all kinds of questions and and problems that we have before us. This is what grows our external mind, the regular mind, human mind of this world. If we go above reason, then we begin to develop an internal mind where we begin to understand and feel the actions of the Creator on us and how we can identify with Him. What is this mind? Is this a different kind of logic or uh, this is how we see the Creator's actions with us? What is He doing with us? Why is He doing it? And so on. And this work is called work above reason, above the normal mind and the degree of the second mind, the spiritual mind. Moscow 1. Moscow 1. 
If there is an ideological conflict with a friend, and it's very sharp also, this conflict, what is the means that can help us to... um, we don't have to get into any arguments and any conflict and try to reach a solution with what you know and what you feel. It's, it's nonsense. There can be nothing worse. Each one wants to obligate the other according to how he sees, uh, how he understands. You shouldn't do it. Only to show love and a tendency toward connection. God forbid you do anything more than that. No one understands where he's at. You're still completely outside of truth. So what kind of conflicts you can have? Who is more stupid than the others? So only together uh, study the lessons and enter the verses, but don't get into arguments. Only in order to understand what's written and advance more. In a few months' time, you'll see what kind of arguments, conflicts, quarrels you actually have between you. The fact that one has a desire to convince the other, this is the worst kind of uh, manifestation of his evil inclination. Let the friend grow up according to his pace, his way, and don't disturb him. Just awaken him towards greater participation, greater study. Thank you, Rav. It speaks here about processes that uh, and states that repeat themselves every day, maybe every hour. So what should grow stronger in us and what should grow weaker as a result of this process that keeps repeating itself? Um, check, uh, check yourself. I'm willing to help, but after you're checking and you show what you had, what you have, and that you have a real question on how to advance. I never give you the the coming states. You have to... A question from Moscow 8. Why is there a need to work with the evil inclination from a position of uh, strength, power, not to argue? What is the difference between these two approaches? Not to argue because he is right. Our our ego on, on its level is right and it's called an angel. The creator is activating him and egoistically he's right. And we have no no reason to argue with it. But if we wish to be with the force of bestowal and developing ourselves in that way, then we have nothing to do with it. We work in a different way. It says bestow and and, and get a reward, and this is called this world. And we say, no, we want to be connected to all parts of creation to absorb them, to to, to absorb all of them and 
That's why that, that's why we wish to be similar to the Creator. So these are two different levels. So there's no argument. Either you wish to live this life, the life of this world, or you wish to reach a higher level, uh, the next level. Feel wholeness and, uh, and eternity in nature and so on and so forth. So there's no argument here. The evil inclination, it just, it just called this way. The ego says that you have to use it in order to succeed in this world. And your spirit says, no, you have to rise above it and succeed in what you will discover next. So there are no arguments here. Simply separate one from the other. Sometimes, I see sometimes in families, there's a child that belongs to this world and a child that belongs to the upper world. That's how it, how it is according to his Rishimot, to his records. It is 38. What should I do when the wicked, wicked one doesn't ask questions, but consistently he makes you disregard and doesn't let you enter the work with your heart? Stop it. Stop this, uh, gra- stop this little perpetrator and work against it. I wish to go above you. I wish to be above you. Next. From Germany, they're asking how to reach a state where you're, you don't have thoughts about the disturbances but are more concerned about the spiritual advancement of the friends. Get incorporated in the friends that are going to spirituality and you have to be together with them. And that's how you advance. In studying and repeating the lessons and so on and so forth. From Yekaterinburg 2, the restriction and blunting its teeth. Is that the same thing? Something else. From Toronto, they're asking, what does it mean? to forcefully overcome. Forcefully, to forcefully overcome means that although I I want it very much, but I don't allow myself to engage with the thought of in order to receive, but rather forceful, I force myself to engage in an action of bestowal and I begin to see how I'm changing. This is called overcoming by force. Should I hold, uh, should I hide from the friends my inner struggle or show my overcoming upon the, my, my lack of desire? You can show it and by that you're helping one another uh, using such examples. How can a person advance in overcoming when he has no strength at all? He has to see, he has to check how he appears in the eyes of the friends. In what, in what way? And they should feel ashamed. Or vice, on the contrary, he should be proud. 
for setting a good example. And this is... like problems at work or illnesses, etc.? Or is it only about being drawn towards spirituality? I'm not giving you any advice that has to do with corporeal life. We're only learning relative to spiritual matters. What you need to do in order to advance in spirituality. Only that. What happens in corporeality and how you will understand it in your corporeal lives, I don't want to enter into that. That's up to you. Problems at home, with your family, at work, I don't go into that. Only scrutinies towards spirituality and our relations to that. That's the only thing we're learning about. Then, from that, you'll also understand how to work with it in your family, at work, and anywhere. But this is not for now. We don't yet have a foundation for that. That is sufficient. About what's written here. That we shouldn't think about what to answer the wicked, but when such disturbances arise, and I immediately try to say that everything comes from the Creator, that is good, that does good, is that, does that already promise that I leave their control or not? Or still there is some negative effect from these disturbances. Why? It's a sign that you didn't go out. You have to overcome the disturbance to the extent in which you rise above it, and then you can feel the extent in which it helped you rise to the next degree. What is a disturbance? It's like you saw how little children climb up the steps. There's, there's steps, and they're like, they're crawling on, on all fours, one step to another. With their hands and their feet, they climb. So that's how you need to feel that you're climbing upon the degrees, upon the disturbances. Therefore, there shouldn't be some bad feeling from the fact that you're going through these degrees, these steps. You have to feel through each degree that you have a new feeling, new mindfulness of this, a new sense of it, a new discernment. The problem is this. Each time, the greatest disturbances is when I think one of the friends or me, myself, or someone in the ten is drilling a hole in the boat. If I say in that moment that it's the Creator who's drilling a hole in order for us to turn to Him, but I don't know if I should do it this way because we still need to solve problems in the ten. I'm always confused how to work with this correctly. I'm, I also hear it's a problem for the friends. The Creator drills a hole in the boat is what I'm telling myself. Is that how I'm getting out of the control of the wicked ones? So you need to work on strengthening things between you. What's the question? What's the question? It's not important that one discovers it or another does or everyone does or they all discover that it's the creator that's doing this to you. 
himself towards you. You need to discover the problem. You discovered it, yes? Now you need to work against it. How are you going to connect between you as much as possible? That's it. The problem is, we still don't really understand what is faith above reason. We can't work with it. So when we see all kinds of disturbances, we try to transcend the disturbances and say that it comes from the Creator. But we don't know how to work with it. It doesn't leave us. And that's the problem. The problem doesn't let us go. Continue to work. I don't have anything to say. Study together what we're reading here in these excerpts. And try to to implement. No, you don't need that. You just need to know whether you are trying to overcome by turning to the Creator and asking for the strength or not. Our problem is whether we're asking for those forces from the Creator or not. The fact that you can't overcome, there's no point in asking for forces for that and forgiveness for it. That's clear that not. But why didn't you ask? That's the question. are in the headline, the birth to father and mother. At that time, they became worthy of breathing the spirit of life and the prophecy, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, came true in them. Note that he's addressing the togetherness, the many people who gather together. First, a kingdom of priests to revoke their personal possessions, and subsequently, a holy nation which is to bestow contentment upon their Maker through love your neighbor as yourself. In corporeality, the newborn falls into loving and loyal hands who are the father and the mother who guarantee its sustenance and health. Likewise, once each one has been prepared with 600,000 who care for one's sustenance, they breathe the spirit of life, as it is written, and Israel encamped there before the mount, and Rashi interpreted as one man with one heart. Meaning we cannot connect all these things together the way it was described in the Exodus from Egypt and on Mount Sinai and this whole process that we barely maybe heard about or read once. But rather, we see that these things are explained in several methods, on several levels, several languages. There's the spiritual language, which is the language of Kabbalah, Sfirot, Parzufim, worlds, etc. There's the spoken language, which is the, let's say, the, the biblical language, which talks about the whole process, whereas some ancient nation went through a certain process, 
exiting Egypt, exiting Egypt, and after Egypt, the reception of the Torah, where it's explained to them that if you're going to connect, you'll become by this something holy. Something holy meaning differentiated. As the groom says to the bride, you are sanctified upon me, where now you belong just to me. Holy means that you're differentiated outwards towards belonging to someone. And that's what the Creator is saying. You are holy and belong to me now. This is after you have connected in Egypt and you have come to Mount Sinai, meaning willing to rise above the Sina, the hatred between you. And therefore you will be to me, uh, holy and sanctified. And you'll be called a holy nation. Holy being a nation that belongs to me. Being on the same level of connection, the same adhesion, we are found to be connected to me now. And that's it. This is actually what he's Thank you. What is the state where a soul is born? The clothing of the Creator in the created being is actually the disclosure, the revelation of the soul, where there's already a desire in the created being which is completely, whether it's small or or great, it's not important, but that it is in order to bestow, that's called this the feeling of the next world, the feeling of spirituality, the feeling of the Creator, connection with Him to a certain extent, at least to a small extent. And this is called soul, the soul. And it has a mother and father? Those are, are already the forces that are revealed in the soul. It's all attained from within the soul. Just like a child who's born, then from being born and developing from within himself, he starts to attain that he has a father and a mother. What is the mother and father of the soul? Forces that operate together in the soul and stabilize, establish the soul as it is. The force of reception and force of bestowal that connect together and in their connection stabilize the the embryo. And there is some relationship with them, with these forces? On the side of the embryo of the child? Yes, the, the, the newborn soul. Yes, yes, of course. What is the relationship between the growing soul and... Well, sir, I'm not going to go and talk to you about that right now. That's a system. This is the system. It's the building of the recognition of coarseness, the screen, the reflected light, relations, intentions, all that there is. This is already life on the degrees, in degrees of nearing.
Yes. Next. Two, posterior and anterior. Man's eyes are before him. This implies that he can look only to the future in a manner of growth from below upward. However, he cannot look behind him in the manner of conception from above downward. As it is written about Lot, look not behind you. Hence, man is denied any real knowledge because he is devoid of the beginning. He's like a book whose first half is missing. So its content cannot be understood at all. The whole advantage of those who attain is that they are rewarded with attaining conception too, meaning the progression from above downward. Man includes everything, and this is evidently seen when he looks and contemplates something. Everyone knows that he is not looking outside his own body and ideas whatsoever. Yet, he attains the whole world, knows what people think, assesses how to be liked by them, and adapts himself to their wishes. In order to know that, he only needs to look inside himself. And he already understands the thoughts of his contemporaries. Because everyone is equal, and a person contains all the people within. The restriction on one's knowledge is that one does not know one's own conception or remembers anything from that time so as to be able to say anything about it. Why is it important to know about conception? Because this has to do with attainment, the attainment of a person. We need to attain it all. Everything that the Creator did for us, both for the past and the present and the future, we need it we need to attain it all. Why? Because by that we we grow our soul, we intensify it, and we become more adhered to Him. Therefore, we need this. We must have this. You're right. What do we need that for? Why altogether do I need to attain something? I need, let's say, to know that I'm in the Creator and to nullify before Him in every way, in every possible way, as a point, as a black point within the white light. No. I must attain all the light, all the attitude of the Creator towards me and to unify and adhere to Him. 
Yeah, just to ref- clarify the question, he asked about what, why is it important to understand the conception that we're talking about here? Because without that, I wouldn't n- know what the Creator wants for me. that is operating on it. I remember you taught us for years, you said, Zvika, stop looking backwards, uh, sitting in, you know, like a fool sitting in his own lap, eating his own flesh. So I always relied on the past, on troubles I went through. So how can you forget about these things? I would sit and eat myself up and you would say, stop doing it. That's correct that I said that to you, and I'm saying that same thing to you again. Stop eating yourself over your past. Everything that happened until this moment was nevertheless under the control of the Creator only. You could say, but now... If I were to do something, next moment, after that next moment, I will also be able to say that this it all came from the Creator? Also. But now I'm about to do a certain transgression. No. You're not, you are, you're going to go and you do it. It's the Creator that will do it through you. But you're basically saying forget what happened and forget what happened just because if you always hold on to what happened, my head is there. That's the fool who's sitting with his hands folded over and is eating his own flesh. What do you recommend doing in these cases? The the past could be very, very rich with even sins. It's not important, sinning or nothing. Do you think in the next world, when you come to the the court and the judges will stand there, they'll look at you, so they will uh, judge you for all the transgressions and crimes that you did in this world, in this life? Upon earth? To who? Who will they turn to? Who are they going to look at you? Who are you? What are you? With all the strings that you're being, you know, operated upon like a, like a marionette? Yes? It all comes from above. You're a puppet on strings. What do you think? That uh, the upper judges are going to look at a person and and attribute to a person everything he did? Who is that person? What is he, the creator, an angel? So according to what you say, everything I did in the past, I'm not, not guilty. You didn't even do it. You're, you don't belong to that. You weren't even living in it. So everything's from above, even if I do something bad. There is no good or bad, because it is all kind of being cascaded before your eyes. It's rolling before your eyes. So you're saying there's nothing evil a person does, everything he does is from above. He also doesn't do good. Doesn't do good? Yes, of course, he doesn't do good. What is good and what is bad? He doesn't do not acts of bestowal, and also he doesn't do acts that are against bestowal. All that he does is only in order to know how to get to know his good inclination and evil inclination after this corporeal development, when he will be more developed. 
we now in our world are beginning just to come to the time, that's why it's called the last generation, where we have developed thus far in a sufficient manner. The initial primary first step in getting to know the force of bad and the force of good. We grow. Just to refine the question from Jesus, when is the ten becoming aware of its conception as a ten? The moment they begin to see themselves in their eyes, in their corporeal eyes as a ten, they already enter into Ibu, into conception. And it is desirable for them not to forget this and hold on to this as much as possible, as much as they're capable. And then by that, they also operate the upper force that begins from this moment onwards to... to Yes, headline, the 50th gate. This is the meaning of the verse, you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Moses attained the meaning of conception, meaning all the discernments from above downward in full. It is called the posterior of the spiritual worlds. And all he lacked was to look at the face as well, meaning to see the future through the end of the correction. This is called 50th, 50 gates of Bina. Until the highest possible degree, that's called the 50th gate. Yes? Since the level of Bina is 100 gates, and Bina is named by Kabbalists, Ima, as she is the mother of the whole world, Bina, Ima, the mother, one who is rewarded with attaining all 100 gates in her, is rewarded with the revelation of completeness. There are 50 gates, from behind are the conception, meaning the progression from above downward. And there are 50 gates from before are the necessary path of development through the end of correction. At that time, the whole earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, and they shall teach no more each man his neighbor and each man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. This is the meaning of Moses' prayer. Show me, please, your glory. Meaning, all fifty gates of Bina from before. And the Creator said to him, You shall see my back. It is enough that you see all fifty in my posterior from above downward. It is enough that you will you see all fifty in my posterior from above downward. 
but my face shall not be seen, since you will not see all the fifty from before, for man shall not see me and live, meaning before it is due time, when the vessels have fully adapted and developed. Prior to this, one must die by seeing this, because the Kelim vessels will not be able to receive that great light and will be cancelled. This is the meaning of what's written, 50 gates of Binah were created in the world, and all but one were given to Moses. But in spirituality there is no lack. Rather, it is all or nothing, as in a slightly broken vow is a completely broken vow. But in the end, when the measure of the Kelim grow and develop sufficiently, they will be fit for attaining the 50th gate. You should also know that there are two kinds of attainment, prophecy and wisdom. With respect to wisdom, Moses attained what all the sages attained. But with respect to prophecy, he could not attain. It is about this that our sages said, a sage is preferable to a prophet. And they also said that Solomon attained the 50th gate. Well, these are such concealed matters that we cannot to philosophize about them. I don't think that it's suitable to us. We just need to hear what is written and for the time being we will try to come to it at some point. Of course we will get there. But now to understand them the issue of the diminishing light from the direct light that comes does it touch the Malchut? the direct light touches the Malchut but in, with such uh, clothing that it goes through all the clothing and processing of each sefirah. What does it mean in clothings? It can't just clothe the malchut. It has to be clothed through restriction and reflected screen and reflected light, and then it can dress into the malchut. The guest doesn't want to receive from the host what the host gives. He has to wrap it with his relation to the host so that I, I receive but I receive because I want to give you pleasure. I want to bring, to show you how much I enjoy receiving from you. It's not about what you give me. Not that I disregard what you give me. But what's important is that it's coming from you. So all of that is how the, the, what the Malchut needs to rearrange in itself towards the, the giver, the bestower, the kettle. The host wraps what he offers in clothing? No. He waits for the malchut to respond to it, and when the malchut asks, then he does it. Then he helps her 
cover the direct light with reflected light. And then it can be received. And that's why it presents it to her in the smallest extent, in the smallest measure? Yes. That doesn't present it in the lowest measure, just in a precise measure to match Malchut so that Malchut can make a restriction over it and then build herself with her Hello, Rav. Hello, everyone. We are here to update about a very special opportunity that's open to us. Lately, a certain need has opened, and we heard it from you, Rav. A need and a desire for another point of connection during the day, not just the morning lesson and not just the gatherings of friends and conventions, but throughout the day, during a day, another opportunity to meet and a live broadcast, and to try to awaken and renew our intentions. With Rabash, we used to study both in the morning, and I also told you there used to be an evening lesson. It's not that it was mandatory to come to it, but those who could. And still, some people came. But much a much smaller amount, I have to say. But still, the, there's questions about what to do during the day. Some people are not working, or they're working and they're still available. Maybe it's less relevant to women, more to men. That's why I said when I was asked, how did you call it? Call it shy. We're talking about a lesson, point of connection, a lesson, something. It's the ideological group, yeah? Yes. Yes, so what did I say? I said I'm willing to try. So what do you want to hear? First of all, throughout the day we will put out a survey to all our friends in the world. We talk about the days and hours that are convenient to find the right time. And from you we want to hear how would such a move of a common point of connection for the world and for those who can, both men and women together with Rav, in the middle of the day, how would such a move strengthen us and our intention throughout the day? I have to look into what are comfortable hours and also time. How long can it be? Topic of the lesson and so on. And certainly another meeting during the day would be very uh, connecting between us and advance us a lot. Even those who won't be able to participate if they're not capable, then they would still advance with us. We can include them in our connection. That's it. Yes, Rav, maybe it's also important to say that this such a point of connection, such a lesson that we'd have in the middle of the day will also be translated to all the lessons. It will also be recorded to those who can't participate live 
And they can watch it later, meaning a truly point of connection. So, yeah, let's say a person works until late or in different hours wherever he lives on planet on the planet. So he knows there's a, there was a lesson and he can download it even if he's driving or something. We have to be prepared for, for him to have a, a lesson and in his language in a way that he can comfortably download and listen. Yes, we will summarize that during the day all the friends will receive a link to a survey, a questionnaire, where they will be able to put in their convenient times and accordingly the ideological group will organize it and in the next few days we'll update when such a point of connection of the whole world will be Thank you Rav. my friend is asking at the end of the lesson what kind of stage do we need to be? At the end of the lesson, we need to reach a feeling that we've connected to the Creator. And it doesn't matter how much we understood in our our outer mind. What's important is that we manage to somewhat unlock our emotion, our desire in connection between us and by that we let the upper light influence us and change us and now when we will feel more how open we are to the Creator. Good luck.